Bibles today, turn to Romans chapter number 5. Romans chapter number 5. We're continuing our study in the book of Romans. And uh, tonight we're actually wrapping up kind of a section of Romans that was talking about faith and justification and the way for the world to be right with God. You know, um, different folks and different, uh, different theologies would say there's a bunch of different ways to get right with God. But Jesus himself said in John 14, verse 6, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. No man gets to the Father but through him. So no matter what other religions may say, no matter what um, uh, uh, what other mindsets may say, no matter what people may say, there is really only one way to get right with God, and that is by having a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Amen? You know, yesterday we had an opportunity to celebrate a life very well lived. And uh, Sister Betty Furmanthal was one of a kind. I think, uh, Sister Annalie, you and her have been friends for over 70 years. Is that right? I remember. Y'all told me that. Okay? Y'all told me that. But um, it is amazing when you you think about somebody who lived their life for so long. And and there was a common theme throughout the, 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 the funeral. And it was just, this lady made an impact. And the reason she was able to make an impact on other people's lives wasn't her ability to cook, even though the lady could cook. Even though it wasn't her ability to do anything other than really have a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, she shared something that I think one of her grandkids shared something that, that mom often told them. Read your Bible and pray about it. Mic drop. Okay, I'm not going to drop the mic. Don't worry, guys. You, you don't want to get a new one. Okay, but, but mic drop. Let that sink in. How many of your problems, how many of your situations, how many of the things that trouble you and get you all worked up could be fixed by simply reading your Bible and praying about it? You know? In fact, uh, uh, Brother Witt, you, 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 can, you can maybe zone out for a couple minutes during my devotion. At, no, no, I'm just kidding. I'm, yeah, you don't have to zone out. I, I'm, I'm talking about in the board meeting, you know, that, the, the meeting that you want to adjourn as soon as we start. Uh, when I do the devotion, the devotion is really going to be that right there. Mike, imagine if we just read our Bible and prayed about stuff. Well, things would get a lot easier, huh? Imagine how much easier your life would be if you just read the Bible, obeyed it, and prayed about stuff. Wow. Wow. You probably wouldn't have to, you you wouldn't have to go through all the bumps in the road that you've gone through. And and again, I have too, okay? But uh, just such simple truth. And uh, so back to to our Romans. We're in Romans chapter number five, and we're kind of finishing up this, this section of the book of Romans. Here's the introduction. We're going to talk about this. The passage deals with two of the focal points of human history. It deals with Adam and it deals with Christ, the two chief representatives and figureheads of the human race. It tells how sin and death entered this world and how Jesus Christ defeated it. You know, guys, you ever wonder why the world is the way it is? It started way back in the Garden of Adam. Adam's mistake, Adam's sin, Adam doing what God told him not to do. In fact, Adam had complete reign of the garden. He could do anything he wanted to do. There was only one prohibition. Wouldn't you know that's the one thing that dude did? <laughs> okay? Now, some of you are like, well, wait a second. He's just listening to his wife. Hey, look, he had a choice. Okay? He could have slapped that apple out of her hand and said, baby, you, you, you know. Huh? No, 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 no. He, he, he made a, a fatal error, and it's cost him and it's cost all of humankind and mankind 
But if Adam was the negative, Jesus Christ is the positive. Amen? Because where sin entered the world with Adam, salvation entered the world with Jesus. Amen? And all the bad that Adam did was counteracted by all the good that Jesus has done. Amen? And that's what we're going to talk about tonight. So let's pray together, can we? Lord, I just come to you right now, and I just ask that you bless this uh, bless this uh, teaching tonight. Touch us. Minister to us, Lord. Help us to recognize, Lord God, how awesome and how great Jesus is. And I just ask right now that you would anoint this teaching and, and bless these people. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. I say it as always, guys, if you're not at church, do not text the pastor unless it's an emergency, okay? Because I was trying to pray and I was reading text here. That's not good, okay? It's actually about our church work day. Hey, which reminds me, I didn't do any announcements. Hey, guys, please mark your calendars. Mark your ca- calendars on April the 14th. April the 13th is a church work day. What in the world are we going to do? Oh, we got some work to do, okay? Um, our, our, our parking lot has not been cleaned in years, okay? And, in fact, that's what that text was about. I was trying to borrow a whirly bird, and Jamie Houghton said it got ran over at our yard and it's scrap now. So we were going to rent a couple anyhow, but I was just hoping to get a third one. Okay, but we're going to, oh yes, very, very good, because again, we, we only have a, a couple couple guys here, oh, although some of you ladies can power wash better than I can, but we're going to power wash the parking lot, we're going to power wash the church, we're also going to do some, some light cleaning on the inside, but we do need some type of lunch, so if, uh, if we can get some ladies that could help us out with that, there's some cleaning that we're going to do inside, and flower beds, yes, flower beds, why are we doing all this, because Easter is on April 21st. Okay, and we want to just put our best foot forward for Easter Sunday. So we've got a church work day scheduled on April the 13th. So please mark your calendars accordingly. All right? I think that's probably the most important announcement coming up. Uh, this coming Friday night, there's a little men's conference at Bethel Pentecostal. If you're interested in joining me, um, I'm not sure what time it starts. Probably 7. I should know these facts, but I don't have them in front of me. But probably 7 o'clock. If you'd like to join me, you're welcome. All right, back to our teaching. Romans chapter number 5. Let's read it. Starting in verse number 12. We're going to read verses 12 through 21. The Bible says this. Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin, and so death passed upon all men, for all have sinned. For until the law, sin was in the world, but sin is not imputed when there is no law. Nevertheless, death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over them that had not sinned after the similitude of Adam's transgression, who is the figure of him that was to come. But not as the offense, so also is the free gift. For if through the offense of one many be dead, how much more the grace of God and the gift by grace, which is by the one man Jesus Christ, hath abounded unto many. And not as it was by one that sinned, so is the gift. For the judgment was by one to condemnation, but the free gift is of many offenses unto justification. For if by one man's offense death reigned by one, much more they which receive abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one Jesus Christ. Therefore, as by the offense of one, judgment came upon all men to condemnation, Even so, by the righteousness of one, the free gift came upon all men unto justification of life. For as by one man's disobedience many were made sinners, so by the obedience of one shall many be made righteous. Moreover, the law entered 
that the offense might abound, but where sin abounded, grace did much more abound. Great promise right there. Verse 21. That as sin hath reigned unto death, even so might grace reign through righteousness unto eternal life by Jesus Christ our Lord. Guys, if you ever wondered, how did sin enter this world? This, this, what I just read to you, Paul just explained to you how sin entered this world. The way the world is today is not what God envisioned when he put everything together. Okay? This is the fallen world. Why do we have sickness? Because of the fall of man. Why do we have disease? Because of the fall of man. Why do we have to do funerals? And why do we have to deal with death? And why do we have to deal with sickness and all this other stuff? It's because of the fall of man. Because of what Adam did in the garden. The entrance of sin and death into the world came through the man Adam. The fact is very simply stated. Sin and death entered the world through one man. See, God had said in Genesis chapter number 2, verse 17, Of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, thou shalt not eat of it. For in the day that thou eatest thereof, you will surely die. Again, he could do anything else he wanted to do. He had full reign, full run of the place, if you will, okay? But there was one thing that God told him not to do, and that was to eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Now, of course, he was, uh, he was tricked, if you will, by, by the serpent, by, 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 by Satan, who tricked his wife, Eve, into, into tasting this, and she shared it with her husband. But at the end of the day, God had told the man what to do, and he held the man responsible for what didn't happen. Ezekiel 18 and 20, the soul that sinneth, it shall die. The son shall not bear the iniquity of the father, neither shall the father bear the iniquity of the son. The righteousness of the righteous shall be upon him, and the wickedness of the wicked shall be upon him. Basically, Ezekiel is just stating the obvious. Sin brings death. So Adam sinned and he corrupted himself. Therefore, he died. But Adam's nature of sin and death was and still is passed on to all men. His corruptible nature was passed on to his children and down through history to all men, even to you and I. It is a well-known fact that the child inherits the nature of his parents, okay? You know, we have two boys, okay? One of them kind of resembles mom. One of them kind of resembles dad. I'll let you figure out which is which, okay? You know, Hunter, when he was a baby, looked even more like Chantel. Now he's kind of grown up a little bit. He's got a few more manly facial features, but, 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 but he much more resembles mom than he does me. And then we had little Mo, okay? And he is me, except no goatee, okay? And, uh, and he would also say bigger arms and better abs, and, and, and he'd go on all the Hey, by the way, let me brag on Hayden a little bit. He made a 28-inch ACT. That is really, really awesome. So we're really excited about him, okay? But how many know your children take on your characteristics, okay? They kind of look like you. They kind of act like you, okay? So, so that's normal. We understand that. Well, guess what, guys? All of us have taken on the characteristic of Adam, that sinful nature. Now, some of you, Nassanya, I'm sure when you got that first grandchild, you were like, surely this is the first baby not born into sin. Surely this is perfection, okay? And then you had to change the diaper and realize that ain't perfection. And then how about the first time that little grandbaby goes, no! Can you, can you remember that? Remember the first time that little baby, Miss Bonnie, goes, no. It's like, where did that come from? You're acting like your daddy. 
many of you mamas said that kind of stuff? Okay? Yeah, don't look at me with them pious looks, okay? How, how many times have you told Eric and Chip, stop acting like that? Okay? Right? Hey, but we, we understand that. Well, that's the sinful nature. That is the sinful nature. That is the selfish nature that all men possess. Why do we possess it? Did God put it there? No. Adam and his original sin put it there. Now, know the significant fact. A man is not condemned to death because of Adam's sin. Scripture clearly tells us that death is passed upon all men, for all have sinned. A man dies because of his own sins, not because of his father's sins. Every man is personally responsible to God. Okay? But the tendency to sin is passed on. Okay? The iniquity, if you will. Romans 3 and 23 tells us, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. We know that. Romans 6 and 23, the wages of sin is what? Death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Galatians chapter number 3, verse 22 says, But the Scripture hath concluded all under sin, that the promise by faith of Jesus Christ might be given to them that believe. First John reminds us in, in chapter 1, verse 8, If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. In the book of Isaiah, it says this, Isaiah 53 and 6, All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. The Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. Who was the him? The him was Jesus. Isaiah 53 talks about Jesus, okay? He, our sin was, was, was laid on Jesus. Our sin was bought and paid for by Jesus. But I'm getting a little ahead of myself. Isaiah 64 and 6 says, But we are all as an unclean thing, and all our righteousness as filthy rags. And we all do fade as a leaf, and our iniquities, like the wind, have taken us away. So, the proof is, the proof that we inherit Adam's sinful nature is not only with that little toddler who says no, those are tantrum. Some remember those tantrums, Hayden used to. Look, uh, there was a season where we wouldn't go out to eat if we didn't have a babysitter to watch her. Okay? There were moments that she left him throwing a tantrum in an aisle at Walmart. Now, she didn't go very far. She just went on the next aisle, okay? But she was so embarrassed. You ever had your kid act like that? That is Hayden. That is the young man I just bragged on who made a 28. That's the young man when you see him at church. He's so sweet. He'll hug you. He'll kiss you. He, he's got us all fooled, okay? He was a little heathen dog, okay? Then he got saved, thank goodness, Okay? But the proof that we inherit Adam's sinful nature is, is not just that fussy toddler. It's, uh, it's death. Days like yesterday. You know, we're celebrating a life so well lived, but a family is still grieving a loss. We've all grieved losses of loved ones, and it's, it's never fun. The law of God does charge men with sin. It does show men that they are sinful and condemned to die. But something caused men to sin and die before the law was ever given to Moses in a written form. The people before Moses were not charged with sin by the law because they didn't have the law yet. What was it then that was causing the people between Adam and Moses to sin and die? It was nature. The sinful, corruptible nature of man. The nature that every child inherited from his father. And the process began with Adam. Adam was the first man created by God, and he was the first to sin and become corruptible and bear the punishment of death. 
Genesis 3.19. Remember the curse that God pronounced when he, when he kicked Adam and Eve out the garden? This is the curse that he put on man. Genesis 3.19. In the sweat of thy face shalt thou eat bread, till thou return unto the ground. For out of it was thou taken, for dust thou art, and unto dust shalt thou return. You see, guys, sin has, has, has had a terrible price to pay. Adam brought it into this world. It wasn't God's plan. It wasn't God's idea. Okay, It was Adam who was given into um, disobedience and was uh, given into lust and, and made a tragic mistake that all of mankind has had to pay for. So the importance of Adam is critical. He was the figure, the picture, if you will, of him that was to come. That is, of Jesus. See, Adam and Christ are pictured as the two pivotal points of human history. As the two figureheads are representatives of the human race. Adam stands at the head of the human race as the first one to bring sin and death to man. Thy first father has sinned, Isaiah 50, uh, 43, 27. Christ stands at the head of the human race as the first to live a sinless and perfect life, securing a perfect righteousness. As the first one to conquer, conquer death by literally rising from the dead. You know, three weeks from now is Easter Sunday. And guys, it's why it's such a significant day, okay? I think Easter trumps Christmas. Because Christmas is awesome, and I love Christmas, okay? And I love that Jesus came to this earth. But guys, think about it. He lived his life. He gave his life. And then, Mike, he rose from the dead. There is a very, very short list of those that rose from the dead. There's one on that list. Now, oh, what about Lazarus? Well, he had help from the one who rose from the dead, okay? There's only one. It begins and ends with Jesus, and that's what Easter is all about. Now, ladies, I know Easter is about you getting a new dress, and that's awesome. Get you a new dress, okay? And, and it's about trying to dress those kids up, okay? And now, now, remember, they're going to be doing an Easter egg hunt, so necessarily don't dress them up too cute, okay? I remember when Chantel used to dress our boys in little white shorts, and my guys just shaking my head going, Things ain't gonna be right for long, okay? It's kind of like when they get the new baseball pants. How many moms hate white baseball pants? They ain't gonna be right for long, okay? You know? And uh, don't you love it when your kids slide for no reason whatsoever? Kids do that for some reason. We have a kid who's a catcher. That means he's just always dirty, okay? But um, but 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 again, Easter is about Jesus rising from the dead. And if he was able to keep that promise, that one promise that nobody else could ever keep, he said on the third day, I'm going to rise. If he can keep that promise, what else can he keep? If he, if he can keep that promise, the most difficult promise, if he could defeat death, hell, and the grave, I have a feeling he can handle what you're going through as well. Amen? There's nothing too difficult for him. So where sin came in by Adam, Righteousness came in by Jesus. Amen? Where Adam was the, the ultimate failure, Jesus was the ultimate success story. Amen? The first to conquer death, hell, and the grave. Now note the difference between Adam and Christ. Adam was made a living soul. Christ, a quickening spirit, according to 1 Corinthians 15.45. What man needs and has always needed is a quickening spirit. A spirit that has the power to infuse life into your soul. Life that is abundant and eternal. Amen? In fact, the Bible says the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead, it does what, Miss Annalee? It dwells in you. It dwells in me. It quickens our spirits. 
Romans 5.14. Adam, who is the figure of him who was to come, pointing to Jesus. 1 Corinthians 15, 21 and 22. For since by man came death, by man came also the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, even so in Christ shall all be made alive. 1 Corinthians 15, 45 through 49. And so it is written, the first man, Adam, was made a living soul. The last Adam was made a quickening spirit. How be it that this, that was not first, which is spiritual, but that which is natural, and afterward, that which is spiritual. See, Adam was natural, Jesus was spiritual. The first man is of the earth, earthly. The second man, Jesus, is the Lord from heaven. As is the earthly, such are they also that are earthly. And as in the heavenly, such are they that are heavenly. And as we have borne the image of the earthly, we shall also bear the image of the heavenly. That is Paul's writing to the Corinthians, talking to us as believers, that yes, we have the image of Adam impressed upon us, but when we came to faith in Jesus, we have the righteousness of Christ impressed upon us as well. Amen? Note that sin is the cause of death, and that Adam was the cause of sin. He was the author of it all. Whatever theories may say, one thing is clear. Adam was the cause of sin in the very same way in which Christ is the cause of righteousness. Since Adam, sin has been universal. But sin was not charged against a person because there was no law. There has to be a law for there to be a charge. Nevertheless, death was still judgment and the experience of man. Why? Because why did man die if he was not charged with personal sin? Because Adam was the figurehead, the representative of all man, and death came into our nature. It became natural for men to die. But then Jesus came. Amen? Jesus came and changed everything. Mm. God is so good. Consider some of the scriptures that, uh, that, uh, that Paul writes to the Ephesians. Ephesians 2 and 7. That in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. Think about, think about the kindness of God expressed through the person of Jesus. Amen? Man had a sin problem. Man, man was struggling. Man couldn't keep the law. He couldn't figure it out. But then Jesus came to figure it all out. And all you have to do is put your faith in Him. Second Peter 1 and 4. Whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises, that by these you might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is the, in the world through lust. So to sum things up, sin and death entered the world because of one man, Adam. Amen? Righteousness and grace entered the world through one man as well. That's Jesus. So verses 15 and 18, we've just talked about Adam. Now let's talk about Jesus. Here's the counteraction. Here's the contradiction. If we have Adam as the, the, the main negative, we have Jesus as the main positive. He's the reversal of sin and death. Jesus Christ has counteracted and reversed what Adam did. He has made it possible for man to live righteously and to conquer death. Note the descriptive contrast between what Adam did and what God did through Christ. Number one, Adam's sin brought death. God's gift brought righteousness. The gift is righteousness. 
Verse 17 says that. God's gift of righteousness differs entirely from the sin of Adam. Adam sinned and brought death and unrighteousness and sin to many. But Adam was only one man, and God is far greater than a mere one man. Even if that man has influenced the whole human race, God was able to do much more good than Adam was able to do bad. I could say that to you right now. God is able to do more good in your life than you're able to do bad. God is able to counteract. God is more powerful than you are. If you think you can separate yourself from the love of God by your actions, think again. The Bible says nothing can separate us from the love of God. Amen? God God can do more good than you can do bad. Amen? Now, for those of you that are trying to test that theory, stop it. Okay? You know, the Bible Bible says, does grace abound so that sin could abound? No, 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 no. Is grace a license to sin? Heavens, no. The grace is a license to do right. It's a license to serve the Lord. So I just want to remind you guys, according to the Word, God is able to do much more good than you're able to do bad. In fact, God has done much more good toward the human race than we could ever talk about. He's counteracted, he's reversed all the bad that Adam did. God has showered the grace of God. God has showered the grace of God, His glorious favor and care and love and mercy upon you and I as man. Consider consider Ephesians chapter number 2. Ephesians 2, verses 4 through 9. But God, who is rich in mercy, for His great love wherewith He loved us, even when we were dead in our sins, hath quickened us together with Christ. By grace you are saved. And hath raised us up together, and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come He might show the exceeding riches of His grace in His kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. For by grace are you saved through faith, not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Titus 3 and 7, that being justified by His grace, we should be made heirs according to the hope of eternal Secondly, God has made the gift of righteousness available to all men. The Bible says, whosoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. I was a whosoever. Mike, you were a whosoever. There's a bunch more whosoever's out there. Amen. You know, one of the things that was um, brought out yesterday at Sister Betty's homegoing services, she wanted everyone in her family to, to know the Lord. She had experienced such grace and such love and such uh, such an amazing encounter with the Lord. She just wanted everybody in her family to experience the same thing. You know what? That's the heart of God. Because God wants nobody to miss heaven. God, in fact, the Word says, Second Peter 3 and 9, God is not slack concerning His promises, but long-suffering, patient, not wanting any to perish, but what? All to come to repentance. He's made a way for all of us to come to repentance. He's made a way for all of us to have relationship with Him. And it all happened in the person of Jesus Christ. God's grace and gift have abounded and overflowed to many. It, but it all comes through one man, Jesus Christ, his son. Consider Titus 3, 4-6. through six. But after that, the kindness and love of God our Savior toward man appeared. Not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to his mercy he saved us. By the washing of 
of regeneration and the renewing of the Holy Ghost, which He shed on us abundantly through Jesus Christ, our Savior. See, all this was done by Jesus. Adam's sin brought condemnation. God's gift brought justification. God's gift differs entirely from what Adam did. Adam doomed the human race. God's gift gives hope to the human race. Amen? It is the perfect contradiction. Everything Adam did negatively, God reversed it in the person of Jesus. The man who truly trusts Jesus is justified from all things, from all sin, corruption, and condemnation. Let this sink in, guys. God's gift not only dealt with Adam's sin, but it dealt with all sin of all time of all mankind. Let that sink in. Every sin of the past, every sin of the present, and every sin of the future was bought and paid for at Calvary. Your every sin. Think about it just for a moment. Every time you failed God, every sin you ever committed, it's been paid for. Every sin that you will ever commit, has been paid for. That was the power of what happened at Calvary. That was the power of what accomplished at that cross. That was the power of the person of Jesus Christ. Amen? Adam's sin brought the death, brought the reign of death. God's gift brought the reign of life. Amen? Adam's sin and brought the reign of death upon all men. But Adam was only one man. No matter what he did, God was able to counteract it with Jesus. God has done more, so much more. They who receive God's grace and God's gift of righteousness shall reign in life. The term reign in life means to dwell and rule in eternal life. But note the source of righteousness is Jesus Christ. Note a couple glorious truths. By the way, this is shouting ground right here. Okay, You can get excited. We are Pentecostal. Believers reign in life while on this earth. They receive the abundance of God's grace. What does that mean? There is a gift of abundant life. Remember Jesus in John 10, 10? I am come that they might have life and have it more abundantly. God wants you to have an abundant life. God wants you to be blessed. God wants you to enjoy favor upon your life. Also, there is the promise of all sufficiency in all things, 2 Corinthians 9 and 8. And God is able to make all grace abound towards you, that you, always having all sufficiency in all things, may abound to every good work. That sounds good to me, doesn't it? In addition, there is great power, Ephesians 3 and 20. Now, unto him that is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask or imagine, according to the power that works in us. We serve a God that can do what you think he can do, plus some. Amen? There's also the supply of all your needs. You need God to supply something? Remember Philippians 4.19. But my God shall supply all of your need according to what? His riches and glory. There's an abundant entrance into heaven, 2 Peter 1 and 1. For so an entrance shall be ministered unto you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. There is abundant satisfaction, Psalm 36, 8. And they shall be abundantly satisfied with the fatness of my house, and thou shalt make them drink of the river of thy pleasures. Those are just some of the promises on this side of heaven. And think about the promises on the other side. Think about the promises. I brought this out at Sister Betty's funeral, and when I heard from Kenny that she had just passed, I, uh, I think the first phone call I made was to you, Miss Emily, just make sure you knew and you were on your way over there. And, and I was kind of back and forth and praying for the family, and I just for a moment said, 
My heart hurts for the family, but I can just, I'm a little jealous of what she's experiencing right now. Let that sink in, guys. You know, the Bible says to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord, okay? And for those of you that are serving Him, that's an exciting thing, okay? That is an exciting thing. Think about this. One moment you're breathing this old air, you're struggling for breath, you're fighting. The next moment, baby, and you're breathing celestial air. One moment you're hurting and you're in pain and you're struggling. The next moment you're brand new. One moment you're struggling with what this world is all about. And the next moment you're in the presence of Almighty God. Guys, that's something to get excited about. That's something to to take courage in. That is something that should encourage every one of us to serve the Lord, to encourage every one of us to do right. The blessings of God. Believers shall also reign throughout all of eternity. For God so loved the world, John 3, 16, He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. John 5 and 24, Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that hears my word and believes on him that sent me has everlasting life and shall not come into condemnation, but is passed from death into life. 1 Corinthians 6, verses 2 and 3, Do you not know that the saints shall judge the world? And if the world shall be judged by you, are you unworthy to judge the smallest matters? Know you not that we shall judge angels? How much more things that pertain to this life? That's what Jesus bought and paid for, guys. Adam's sin brought condemnation to all men. God's gift brought justification to all men. That's why Paul wrote in 2 Corinthians 9.15, Thanks be to God for His unspeakable most amazing gift that he gave us. And I'll wrap things up with verses 19 and 21. The conclusion is one of the, the most striking and, and, um, and instructive passages in Scripture. Adam's disobedience made many, made many, many men sinners. But Christ's obedience made many men righteous. Jesus Christ lived a sinless life. He never sinned, not once. Never displeased God. He was perfectly righteous. Since His righteousness is the ideal righteousness, it can stand for the righteousness of all men. If Adam brought unrighteousness into this world, Jesus trumped it by bringing righteousness into this world. Amen? And here's the amazing thing, guys. You can be righteous too. You can be righteous too. You don't become righteous by cleaning up your act. You don't become righteous even by joining a good church. Those are all good things to do. You don't become righteous by praying, even though that's a good thing to do. You become righteous by putting your faith in the righteous one. By putting your faith in the one, the Jesus Christ, the, the sinless one who gave his life for you. When you put your righteous, when you put your faith in him, God counts it as righteousness in your behalf. Amen. Righteousness means right standing with God. Jesus was right standing with God, has always been righteous and right standing with God. Our sin gets us out of right standing with God. But when we put our faith in the righteous one, when we confess our sins, 1 John 1 and 9, we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to cleanse us from all unrighteousness, forgive us. That puts us in right standing with God. Good point. Hebrews chapter number 7, verses 25 and 26. Wherefore, he is able 
to save them to the uttermost that come unto God by him, seeing he ever liveth to make intercession for them. For such a high priest became us, who is holy, harmless, undefiled, separate from sinners, made higher than the heavens. The law was given to point out and magnify sin, but God's grace is so much greater. If righteousness is by Jesus Christ, then why did God give the law? God gave the law to point out that we were wrong. God gave the law to set the stage for Jesus. God, God set his standard up here knowing that not one of us could fulfill it. But he had in mind, I know one who can. I know my son can. I know that he can come and he can fulfill that law so that all of us can be children of God. Not because of anything we've done, but because of everything that he has done. Amen? Ephesians chapter number 1, verse number 7. In whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. Ephesians 2 and 7. That in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. 1 Timothy 1. And the grace of our Lord was exceedingly abundant with faith and love which is in Christ Jesus. This is a faithful saying and worthy of all exception that Jesus Christ came into the world to save sinners. I'm so glad he did. By Adam, sin reigned, but by Jesus, grace reigns. Amen? It's what this gospel is all about. Gospel means good news. You see, if it all started and ended with Adam and failure and sin, there's not much good news in that. Romans 6 tells us the wages of sin is death, but it doesn't stop is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. You see, guys, it's all about having a relationship with the Lord. It's what made yesterday so easy. You know, I say all the time, it's easy to do funerals for folks that love Jesus, okay? It's easy to say good things about good people. Really easy to do. Now, some people make the preacher's job really, really difficult, okay? None of you in here, okay? People come on Wednesday night, they make the preacher's job easy, okay? It's those folks that come once a month. Those folks that come once a year, they make my job really, really tough, okay? But look, guys, it ain't about making my job tough. It's about putting your faith in the one who did it all for you, amen, who wants you to have relationship with him. God did everything he needed to do for us to have relationship with him. Jesus said it best in John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes unto the Father but by Amen.